Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Shoreline Podcast. It's Peter Rabella, co-host of the show. And this is Tyler Buckingham, the other co-host. We've had a great time this week at the 2022 Ocean Exploration Forum at the University of Texas in Austin. And uh, the conference is just wrapping up, and we're continuing coverage of the event. And I have a great guest, Tyler, to talk to today. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're probably very well familiar with the Schmidt Ocean Institute, one of the leading science research institutes out there on the American shoreline. And today, Peter, we have an excellent guest to tell us about the institute and about some exciting new developments that are happening there. We are, we are honored to have on the show Dr. Carly Weiner, who is the Director of Communications and Engagement Strategy for the Schmidt Ocean Institute, and looking forward to learning all about this institute, this, the work that is done, uh, spectacular, privately funded organization, uh, just a real hallmark of uh, research on the American shoreline. The American Shoreline Podcast Network and CoastalNewsToday.com are brought to you by LJA Engineering. With 28 offices along the Gulf Coast, the folks at LJA Engineering are at the top of the craft in the areas of coastal restoration, coastal infrastructure, rivers and channels, numerical modeling, disaster recovery, and design and construction oversight. Be sure to subscribe to the Coastal News Today Daily Blast newsletter at coastalnewstoday.com for daily updates on the events and news that shape the coastal discussion. Want to support the discussion and promote your company? We have sponsorship packages available now. Email me to learn more at chloe at coastalnewstoday.com. That's C-H-L-O-E at coastalnewstoday.com. Hope to hear from you and enjoy the show. Tell us a little bit about your background. I know that you have a radio, you had an old radio show, so this should be quite comfortable for you, but give us a little bit of your ocean background. Well, thanks for that, and thanks for dating me. Um, we were uh, live in a time before podcasts, but the All Things Marine radio show aired for six years, and we talked to scientists about the work that they were doing in Hawaii and uh, focused on marine science. Very cool. Carly, how, tell us about your, your uh, tenure at the schmidt Osteen Institute. Introduce yourself, if you would, to our listeners. I always like to uh, let people know who they're talking to. So give us a little bit of your background and how you came to work at the schmidt Osteen Institute. Sure. Well, in the spirit of being here in Austin, uh, hello, y'all, or y'alls. <laughs> I, I think we've uh, learned that to this y'all, today. Y'all, 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 all y'all. Um, yeah. So I'm actually from Toronto, Canada, but have been in Hawaii almost 20 years now. So that's a, a pretty big, long journey there. Um, did my doctorate at wow. York University there um, and focused mostly on science uh, and human science integration. So really looking at how people interact with their environments. And so that's really carried over to my work in communications, uh, starting with the University of Hawaii, uh, working in the Papahanaumokuakea Marine National Monument yeah. and with the university there. And then from that, uh, with a National Science Foundation program, COSI, to uh, Schmidt Ocean Institute, where I've been there uh, since 2014 and loving every minute of it. So you are yourself, I guess, a marine scientist, is that right? Uh, you know, I consider myself more of a communicator now. I'm mostly tied to a computer instead of being out in the field, but I do have a marine science background and spent quite a bit of time out on ships doing work um, specifically with marine mammals. Well, tell us about the Schmidt Ocean Institute. Introduce us to this fine organization. 
Well, uh, the organization has been around for quite some time, actually, since 2009, and you are likely familiar with our research vessel, Falcor. Yes. Um, And so Falcor has gone around the world doing cutting-edge science and tech development in oceanography and being able to not only do that work, but openly share the data with public, which has been a big conversation of the last couple of days, and also communicating the work that we do with public audiences. So uh, walk us through that a little bit more. So the Schmidt Ocean Institute owns and operates this platform, this vessel, Falcor. Uh, and and I understand we have an annou- a little announcement has been made elsewhere, but we're going to have it here on the show about a, a bigger, better version. But so scientists can can get a grant, I guess, to come on board and conduct their experience. Can, can you walk us through like how that works operationally? Uh, with a magic wand. No, I'm just kidding. There's a lot of hard work <laughs> behind it. Uh, you know, one of the things that our founders, Eric and Wendy Schmidt, wanted when they started the organization was to create a platform to fill the needs of scientists. Ship time is extremely expensive, and so making that freely available to scientists around the world um, creates this opportunity for collaboration and transdisciplinary work. So we're not just focused on one particular area. Um, it's not you know, a typical collect a sample and call it good. The projects that we look to bring on board Falcor and within our organization are ones that are really pushing the boundary of uh, the frontiers that we know in the deep sea. So how can we better understand these unique systems? How can we characterize them, share that data publicly to make impact? And how can we learn from it moving forward? So Eric and Wendy Schmidt, the founders of the Schmidt Ocean Institute, uh, come up with the idea to buy and purchase and operate a a first-class, world-class research vessel, make it available to the science community. What is the inspiration behind what a, such a grand plan uh, for the uh, Schmidt family? Well, I think uh, Schmidt Ocean Institute in particular is a culmination of their interest in technology um, and advancing you know, our abilities in science, as well as Wendy's interest and passion for the ocean. Um, so it really is a nice combination of their interests and making a difference in the science community um, and globally. Besides the Falcor, are there other initiatives that the Institute operates, or is the fundamental objective here is to operate and make available this incredible research vessel? I'm so glad you asked me that. It's uh, You almost teed me up for that perfectly. <laughs> we just released um, this year our strategic framework. So looking at you know the next 10 years, especially on the precipice of having a new research vessel. So we had kind of buried the lead there. But, you know, what can we do differently? How can we expand that? And it's not just about the research vessel. It's about making our data openly available and working with that in, in, um, in many different ways and also communicating the science that takes place and growing passion for the ocean. In um, a world where there's a lot of noise and a lot of things happening, how do we get people to care about what we're doing with the deep sea and make those connections to people's lives, which is been a theme that we've talked about today and was in the white paper that um, I sort of teed up for this conference that we've been at. I'd like to talk about that because one of the things that you've been uh, highlighting throughout this conference is the importance of storytelling and branding the ocean and 
really uh, lighting the fire of not just the scientists in the room here, but really extending that to the broader, what we like to call, Peter, the coastal citizenry. Yes, indeed. Uh, can you talk about that and why it's so important? Yeah, I, I like to be a little controversial and say the ocean has a PR problem. So, <laughs> you know, there are so many conflicting issues around the ocean. Is it fisheries? Is it climate change? Is it ocean acidification? Is it microplastics? There are so many doom and gloom scenarios and things happening. Mm. How do we sort through the noise and get people impassioned and caring about the ocean and not just the younger generation, um, which is an extremely important demographic, but all audiences out there. And so one of the things that we've been looking at is engaging with audiences where their interests lie. So not necessarily bringing them to the ocean, but bringing the ocean to them. We've mm -hmm. done a great job of talking to ourselves. The ocean community is informed and well invo involved in all the things that we need to do. But how do we reach that public? And we started a program called Ocean Rising with one of our partners, Necton. And we're looking at how to bring the oceans to pop popular culture, whether that be fashion or gaming or, um, you know, food or the arts. Where do we go with the ocean and how do we inspire people? Hmm. Yeah, not easy because we compile and produce Coastal News Today five days a week and are scouring the world for ocean uh, journalism. And I got to tell you, it's it can be a rather gloomy uh, exercise because so much of what is written about uh, is about the challenges that we face, as you say, in fisheries or threats to upland development or water quality. And so many things are that the science community is focusing on are the challenges that climate change and other uh, threats to ocean health and coastal health occur. But, you know, there is something missing. If, they, if it's all gloomy, we fail to inspire, as you say, the general public. Um, tell us about the process of coming to the idea of we've got to move past the gloom and doom stories to the inspiration of ocean and coastal, coastal interest. I'm just fascinated by this. And as the communication director for the Schmidt uh, Ocean Institute, it's a really uh, interesting initiative. I think there's nothing like it. Uh, tell us about this, how this came about. Well, I certainly don't take credit for coming up with the fact that, hey, we need to be a little more positive in our messaging. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, you yeah. know, what I think is important is that we engage communications professionals. You know, we would not ask someone in communications to go out there and do a long-term ocean study, um, you know, in science. And the same thing, we can't expect our scientists to be communicating all the time. We should train them to be good communicators, but we need to bring in the marketing professionals. We need to bring in the designers and the artists and, you know, give the ocean a great spin. Luckily, working in ocean exploration, we have an advantage in that we are dealing in positivity and hope and you know we're working in the deep sea where there is a lot to still be discovered and the deeper you go the weirder it gets we get these really cool species that flash and show pretty shapes and pictures and we have this um you know exploration piece similar to space that captures people's imaginations well, and that's why I think your new vessel is so exciting. And I'd like to talk to you a little bit about it, because this is like the space shuttle of exploration. Basically, it's, it is the platform 
Uh, t- t- can you tell us about the vessel? What are its capabilities? You know, I've, it, it's kind of a, it's like a magic school bus in a way. You it can do all these things, all these interesting, you know, it's not just scientists on board. You bring artists and communicators on board. Talk to us about what this new platform will do for you guys. So it's been a very exciting time at Schmidt Ocean Institute, and I certainly want to acknowledge our hardworking crew, our senior director of operations, Eric King, and our wonderful executive director, Jodica Vermani, who have really made this come to be. So uh, we recently this month donated Falcor, our uh, flagship platform, to Italy's National um, Science Foundation. And so they are going to be able to continue its legacy um, doing research and doing science as part of the European fleet. However, we have acquired a new vessel, Falcor 2, next generation. And what's really powerful about the new vessel is the space capabilities. So this vessel is close to three times the size of our original vessel. And what that allows is for a modular platform to bring on all different types of robotics and technology to better assess and understand our ocean. And it also allows for more birthing space, which those of you who you know go out to sea or work in ocean research know Bursts are a premium. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's important to have more bursts is that it just allows us to expand that transdisciplinarity. So it's not just bringing on the scientist. We can build capacity in the regions we're working, bringing community leaders, marine park managers, first um, indigenous practitioners, artists, communicators, journalists. We can focus not just on the science, but how the science will impact society by bringing on a wide berth of participants. It's really so much more than just a research vessel, you know? Yeah, perfecto on that idea right there. That's a fantastic count. So it's three times larger than the last one, but we got to know, you know, how... Do we have some specs? Yeah, can we get some specs on the ship? So I've got some stats for you to start off. Here we go, here we go. So it's going to be 363 feet in length, and we will have eight unique labs in on the ship and one of the things that people can do to learn more about it is we're doing a 10-part series following the refit so people can learn about how um, the ship is being structured for science and what goes into building a research vessel and so we just launched actually this week uh, the second in the series which is focused on the integration of our ROV our remotely operated vehicle or an underwater robot that helps us really be the eyes and arms um, of the scientists deep in the sea and we have a first uh, video as well which introduces people to the vessel and you can check that out on our YouTube page Schmidt Ocean Institute YouTube page I assume at Schmidt Ocean yeah. at Schmidt Ocean um, so the uh, the Schmidt Ocean Institute has uh, is a sponsor of the 2022 Ocean Exploration Forum that we are at today and uh, tell us about why this uh, forum means so much to the organization that you're you're present here what brought you here So we are really interested in the future of ocean exploration and making sure that we have a a community that can work together. We are all about um, collaborations with partners and not just in the United States, but globally. So we have an established partnership with NOAA's Office of Exploration, as well as other partners around the world. And there are ways that we can collaborate together in the science that's taking place. With the new vessel, we are able to travel further. So we are able to um, go further north and further south, uh, expanding our capabilities. 
And what we really feel special about the vessel is that we can work with uh, interdisciplinary scientists from all over the world. So not just with US-based scientists, but continuing to collaborate with the scientists in the regions that we're operating. And one of the things that I think was really unique about this particular forum uh, that we had over the last three days was the focus on how to better expand the ocean exploration community. And that's something that's near and dear to our heart. Mm. Absolutely. And I know that communication and storytelling are core to that. And you are uh, an expert here, uh, director of communications. Uh what what are your thoughts? I mean, we're this is the blueprint twenty thirty two. We're kind of thinking to the future. Um, what what do you think we need to do as an ocean exploration community to better evangelize, if you will, our what what it is that we're doing and the excitement of exploration to broaden uh, the public's interest? I would like to see us walk the walk and not just talk the talk, and mm. that means boots on the ground action and so how can we be working with these different communities that we haven't been in the past how do we bring broader diversity into ocean sciences how do we bring popular culture and the arts into ocean sciences and how do we purport the data that we are collecting out to the rest of the world for use and I think that's uh, a lot of what the conversation has been over the last few days. Schmidt Ocean Institute has been lucky that we've already been working in some of these areas along with our other organizations and partners that are here. Uh, Artist at Sea program is a perfect example. Uh, we started that program in 2015 and actually Lucy Bellwood, who you mentioned, was one of the participants in that program in 2016, so early on. And she created that Mapping the Seafloor comic, which we continue to still distribute and um, I think we're on our sixth print run now of that. And it's just another way to demonstrate how you can engage people without just, you know, knocking them over the head with the data or the issues. But, you know, here's a comic book that explains how we map the seafloor. Why do you care about that? Why do we want to know what's on the seafloor? And, and that is the way to get at the, at the heart of people, I think. Well. Wow. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's been talked about a lot at the conference, at the forum here, Tyler, uh, the challenge of bringing the understanding to the public on why ocean exploration is important. Uh, we can all look up at the moon, we can see it, you can visualize it. There is no way to look at the seafloor unless you're on uh, uh, either have a camera or a submarine or someone who's got a, an ability to examine it. You can, you simply can't totally appreciate it. It's a it's a real challenge, uh, but people love the ocean. I think there is a commitment and an understanding uh, in all the people we interview who are inspired by ocean and coastal uh, beauty and the integrity and the importance of the ocean as a as a, a it's just a critical part of all of our lives, but it's not an easy message to um, to convey. And I think the art and pop culture angle, where do you see that going? What do you anticipate happening? Is particularly in fashion, for example, what do you think this could do as a way to reach the public? How would this kind of happen? Well, I think we need to bring these unique images and inspiration uh, to different areas like fashion, for example. You know, why can't we be working with some of the top designers and incorporating 
the interesting patterns of incredible you know deep sea jellyfish yeah for there's all kinds of ways that we can interact and you sort of teed me up here perfectly to pitch uh the virtual aquarium which we launched this week in partnership with world ocean observatory and this is a virtual aquarium where anyone all over the world can access for free and get a sense of the deep sea and the seafloor. So what it does is it brings species and ecosystems that you wouldn't get to normally see in an aquarium because you can't keep those types of species there um, and interact with them, zoom in, see them in, in real life, learn a little bit more about them, walk through a hydrothermal vent or a whale fall, you know, wow. not, the, not the typical systems that you find in your nearshore coral reef. Yeah, that's done with our very good friend Tyler Peter Neal, World Ocean Observatory. Yeah, I know they're he's amazing. He's Peter Neal is like a prophet of the ocean. He 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 has the the gift of just being able to beautifully talk about uh, the ocean and conservation and the, and everything really. But uh, Carly, one of the things that uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on are the importance of character. Uh, we've been talking a lot about stories, and stories are driven by character. And in fact, you you were a character in this uh, comic book. Um, can you talk about how this community, the people that we that are here at this forum and beyond, uh, can be the characters of the story of uh, ocean conservation and uh, ocean exploration? Well, anyone who's been in this industry knows there are no shortage of characters in ocean science. <laughs> and, you know, we have wonderful, quirky, passionate people. Eclectic, Eclectic absolutely. Yes, truly. I mean, you know... Um, the Life Aquatic, if anyone's seen that movie, is not so far off from reality. <laughs> but, it's a great film. You know, it's a really amazing group of caring people who want to make a difference and are passionate about what they do. And I think anytime you have passion for something, you are automatically someone that can speak to what's happening or engage audiences because that's passion is contagious. And so there are so many talented and incredible scientists that we've hosted on Falcor and within the ocean community that are in just amazing spokespeople for what they do. So uh, we're coming to the end here of the forum. There's a couple of days of writing ahead for the real workers at, at this event to put together that 2032 uh, ocean exploration strategy uh, that is the product of this uh, effort. But uh, having gone through it now for a couple of days, uh, Carly, what are your takeaways from the event? What struck you as important? I was really surprised at how strong the storytelling theme was amongst all of the panels and discussions. And that warms my heart because mm -hmm. that's sort of uh, my advocacy or piece that I'm hoping people take away with is, you know, how do we reach out beyond our community and how do we make a plan to inspire um, all, all the public and, and make marine science more inclusive. And so that includes being able to meet people where their interests lie, where their culture is, and how we connect it to the work that's being done. Yeah, I think the uh, thing that struck me, Tyler, was the real focus and, and commitment all throughout the program on inclusion and diversity and new voices. And it was really interesting to see the wide variety of perspectives that were brought to bear in the discussions over the last couple of days, uh, very impressive and important in really reaching out to everyone. This, the ocean 
exploration agenda is important to everybody on the planet. There's nobody who should be left out of the discussion. It's a really hopeful time. You know, the youth today have challenges that nobody else has faced before with a changing climate, with the current political situations at hand. But what they have also in their toolkit that nobody has had before is the technology and the information at their fingertips. Mm. And so with that, you build a passion and excitement and combine that with the technology and the willpower and we can accomplish anything. Wow. We do have great stories to tell. I would say the ocean exploration community certainly has incredible material, incredible characters, amazing technology. It's all fascinating. I love all of it. And if we can't pull great stories and make those available to the public, we're not doing what we need to do. So I think it's fantastic that the Schmidt Ocean Institute is leading in these innovative ways to engage the public and to help people understand the significance of what's going on in the ocean. So. It's got to feel great every day to get up and work on that initiative. It feels wonderful, and it's such a great close-knit community. All of the ocean exploration groups, the scientists, and the artists that we work with, it's just, it's a pleasure. Live from the 2022 Ocean Exploration Forum, it is Dr. Carly Weiner. She is the Director of Communications and Engagement Strategy at the amazing Schmidt Ocean Institute. Where can people check that out online? How can people follow what you guys do? Please follow us on social at Schmidt Ocean. We have incredible videos, lots of content available, and our website, SchmidtOcean.org. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us, Carly. Look forward to catching up with you another time. Thank you so much for including me today. I'm a